as I was growing the business, I was looking at my desk and it was just a mess. And I had my vision. I had a, a, a $10 Walmart planner. I actually had a planner from the Women Entrepreneur Group. They had their own planner and I had to use it because they had made me the president of the company. So I'm like, I, I was supposed to use it, but I hated it. It was terrible, but I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say how much I hated it. And so, you know, I had that sitting in a corner and all this other stuff on my desk. And so that's where the idea was born. Welcome to episode 51 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. If you are a regular listener, then you know that I was absent last week. It was actually the first week in almost a year. Next week's episode will mark a year since I started my podcast. And I feel like I have a good excuse for being absent last week. I was at Podcast Movement in Orlando. So I figure if I'm going to miss a podcast episode, then it should be because I'm hanging out with a bunch of other podcasters at Podcast Movement. Um, I got to meet some listeners there, which is amazing. Tuesday night, I helped Pat Flynn with his book launch for super fans. And if you are not following me on social media, you should start because he gave me five extra copies of his brand new best-selling book, Super Fans, to give away. So I am running a giveaway right now if you're listening to this in real time. That giveaway will end on Friday, August 23rd. So if you want to know how to enter, um, make sure you are following me on social because I am posting about it. And you can also head to my website, mediamavenandmore.com slash giveaway. And you can enter to win a free copy of Pat Flynn's new book, Superfans. I am super excited about today's episode because something that we learned at Podcast Movement is about how to achieve your goals after you set them. But as we know, it is a lot easier to say that than do it because we come up against some obstacles. And in this episode, I am speaking with Jennifer Dawn, who is a successful business owner, a successful business coach, and is the founder of The Best Planner Ever. And she's going to go over the five goal-busting excuses that we use time and time again. I have used all five of these, not going to lie, but she is going to tell us how we can conquer those excuses. <laughs> so they're not really excuses. They're just hurdles that don't hold us back because we know what to do when we are faced with them so we can come out the other side and actually hit our goals. So I hope you enjoy my interview today with Jennifer Don. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. You are so welcome, Christina. I'm excited to be here. And we chat a lot, but we don't normally chat on my podcast. I know, right? (laughs) It's kind of fun, a whole new format for chatting. Yeah, I mean, I obviously already know a little bit about you. You're in my media mentoring program. We talk about different publicity goals for you and executing on those, but I'm excited to learn like not just a little bit more about your past and how you got to where you are because you are somebody, you are a business coach because you have been there and done that successfully. But I'm super excited about our conversation today because we're going to be talking about 
the best planner ever, which is something that you created. And we're going to tell people why it is the best planner ever, and it's going to help people with their goals. So I'm super excited for you to walk us through goal setting, what stops people from achieving their goals, and then what they can do about it. But before we get into that, like, tell us why you're an expert in this topic, because you have quite the resume. I do. But you know, it's so funny. Like I, I don't always consider myself an expert, but I do a lot in this field. And I've just sort of like, become very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable. And I say that because I'm always improving. I'm always learning. I'm always growing. But yes, my husband jokes because he's like, honey, you know, more about planning and time management and goals like in your little finger (laughs) than most people like will ever learn in a lifetime. So he kids me about that. But you know, I just love it because especially for entrepreneurs, if you're growing a business, you know, your, your time is your most valuable asset. In fact, I think it's more invaluable than money because if you use your time right, you can make plenty of money, all the money that you need to make. So uh, that's why I just, I feel like it's so critical. And it's just been an area in my own life, my own business that, you know, I focused on. And I can't, I mean, for me, I love organization. If I did not have my Google calendar with like my list of things to do in there, I would be a freaking mess. I would get nothing done. So like you totally speak my language. Yay. That's great. I love it. It, And I'm the same way about my planner. Like if I don't, like literally if I don't have that thing close to me, I just, I I should have like, I should come with a disclaimer statement that just says, you know, if I didn't write it down, just you you can't count on it getting done. But if it's written down, it will happen. I tell my husband the same thing. He's like, oh, did you know Juliana had a soccer game today? I'm like, is it in the calendar? Because if it's not in the calendar, no, I didn't know. It's not (laughs) happening. (laughs) So I am with you. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your past because you have um, been involved with some pretty successful businesses. I have. So I actually started my first company when I was 23. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just stubborn and I thought that I could do it better. And it was a software company. I worked in the amusement, the family entertainment industry. So I did point of sale software for water parks, ski resorts, um, museums, any place that sells a ticket. And I did that for about 13 years and I grew that business from nothing. Like my first year in business, my sales were $300 and I grew that up to 1.2 million. And we were break that down. Yeah, it wasn't, it was insane. And we were, you know, it's a small industry, but at at that time we were, you know, dominating the industry, which was very, very exciting. But you know, it was, it was a ton of hard work. If I'd had my planner, I probably could have taken it a lot further faster. But you know, that first time around, you're just learning, learning, learning. And we just, and back then I didn't have the resources that we have today, um, which is makes things so much easier. So then after, let's see, so after 13 years, I was needing a break. And so I decided that I wanted to get out of software. And so I sold my software company and then I turned around and I actually bought a log home company of all things. At the time I was living in Montana and there just isn't much to do there. And I wanted something tangible that I could like hold in my hands. And so I bought this company and it was the same year the real estate market just completely bottomed out. So I literally like opened and closed my doors within a year. It was an existing company, but they had really just run it into the ground and I had closed within a year. (laughs) So it was this horrible failure. Looking back now, I learned so much from it, but back then it was just terrible. And so I kind of became a little disillusioned with being an entrepreneur and I wanted a steady check and I didn't want to have to, you know, worry about these things that us entrepreneurs have to worry about. And so I took a job in corporate and I went to work for a $54 million manufacturing firm. 
And they had bought a software company. They had no idea what to do with it. It was also in point of sale, just a different industry. And so I came in, I became the software division president. And while I was there, I took my little division. Um, when I took it over, our sales were at about 300,000 and I grew that to 2.2 million. And I did that in, let's see, just under two years. So that was pretty exciting to get that company to where it needed to go. But, um, you know, corporate, it just wasn't a great fit there. I had discovered some problems in the software. They didn't really want to fix them the right way. I wasn't the owner. You know, when you're the owner, you can do it however you want. And I'd kind of lost some of that control. And so that's when I decided that I was going to step out on my own. You know, I was just gone 11, 12 hours a day. I wasn't seeing my children. It was just like, okay, I can't do this. So I stepped out on my own. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And I started doing some consulting and then I relocated up to New York. And when I got here, I was asked by a national network of women entrepreneurs to come in and lead their accountability and masterminding circles. And I, of course, said yes. And while I was there, I actually tripled their revenues, <laughs> which was pretty fun. And um, I really discovered this love of coaching. And I just, I, I, I was helping all these women. I had this experience in you know, growing my own company and doing it in corporate. Um, I was helping people make a lot of money. And I was just like, wait a second, like, I need to do more of this for myself. And so that's really kind of what I say gave me the courage to coach is, you know, helping hundreds of women with their businesses and seeing really great results. So I stepped out on my own, I started coaching. And um, the practice was, you know, I had clients right from the beginning. So I was really blessed in that sense. But as I was growing the business, I was looking at my desk and it was just a mess. And I had my vision. I had a, a, a $10 Walmart planner. I actually had a planner from the women entrepreneur group. They had their own planner and I had to use it because they had made me the president of the company. So I'm like, I, I was supposed to use it, but I hated it. It was terrible, but I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say how much I hated it. And so, you know, I had that sitting in a corner and all this other stuff on my desk. And so that's where the idea was born to just like create my own planner and I started using it and loving it. And I said to my husband, honey, this is the best planner ever. And he's like, it is. I'm like, yes, it is. I was like, you know what? I'm going to totally call it that. He's like, you're, you are? I'm like, yes, I am. And then I looked in the domain of all, the domain was free. I'm like, how was that domain free? Best planner ever. And that was it. So that the name was born at that point. And so I started just, I, I loved it. I started using it with my clients. They started getting good results. And, and like any good entrepreneur should do, of course, I made it its own company. I love that. So we can get that at bestplannerever.com? You betcha. Bestplannerever.com. Okay, let's talk about what we put in the planner now. Because like a planner is no good if you don't use it correctly. So let's talk about setting proper goals and then what stops us from achieving the goals and then what we can do about them because this is like the biggest problem in business. I mean, I know I'm going to assume one of the things is like we just don't feel motivated. We don't feel like doing it. Um, mm -hmm. I know like we all get into those ruts sometimes. You're going to break down five things total and I'm super excited for this because I think it's going to be very helpful. And I know you listened to and you liked the podcast that I did not too long ago about setting SMART goals. That was episode 20. So I guess it was kind of long ago, but episode 20 about setting SMART goals. It's how I set my goals. But again, if these things are not written down in a planner or in a calendar, they are not getting done. Right. Absolutely. And this is one of the things. So you're right. I'm going to share five things today. And the first one that I want to share ties right into the planner. So one of the biggest mistakes 
that I was making, that my clients were making, that people I work with were making, is that they were not getting clear on their vision before they set their goals. So for years, this is what I did. I would just be like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And I would get busy doing it. And I would get busy, busy, busy. And sometimes I would be successful. Sometimes I would be successful after like grinding away and redoing it and changing the direction 14 times. And then, yes, I was eventually successful. But what I never did was I didn't get clear on my vision of where did I want to end up? What was the outcome that I was really after? And so when I created my planner, I realized this is missing in so many planners. And so at the beginning of mine, you get like six or eight blank pages so that you can start the process of getting clear on your vision. Um, I just I see this all the time where it's like, hey, I'm going to go set these goals. But it's like, okay, but why? Why are you doing that? And does it align with your vision? And often people are like, oh, yeah, uh, okay. Like they either have never made a vision, or they don't know how to make a vision, or they did spend time on a vision three years ago, and it's, you know, under a pile of papers with an inch of dust on top of it, and they've never looked at it since. Or maybe they even made a vision board, but it's like fallen behind the desk, you know. So this is one of the biggest things that I suggest, because when you create a really good, clear, clear vision of this is where I want to be in a year, in three years, in five years, your goals will almost just like magically fall out of that. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it other than it's kind of like magic when you get clear on the outcome first. And how do you do that? How do you create this vision? Yes, great question. So, one of so for some of us, we just sit down and we start writing and it just sort of pours out of us, right? For the rest of us, it's like, ugh, I don't even know. Like some of us, we can't even like, how do I get out of today? Much less thinking about where I want to be, you know, in five years. And so one of the exercises that I use, I should use a couple of them, but one of my favorite ones is to just simply fast forward today's date. So you take today, you add one year to it and you just simply say, all right, you look back on the year, you look backwards and you say, what did I accomplish this year? So that's an easy way to just sort of get unblocked and start writing down. What did I accomplish? What do I feel really good about? What does my life look like? So I'm sitting a year in the future. What does it look like? What did I do? So that's one exercise. And then another exercise I use with my clients is I actually walk them through a series of questions. And by asking the questions, it gets those creative juices flowing so that they, they then all then all they're really having to do is answer the questions. Things like, you know, what are, what's your what does your health look like? Your wellness look like? You know, what kind of people are you hanging around with? Um, what are you doing in your spare time? What does your bank account balance look like? Things like this to sort of get those creative juices flowing. Okay. I like that. And I think this is really important because I remember not too long ago, I was at an event with Suzanne Evans, who actually mm -hmm. referred me to you. Yes. And I remember um, it was like, think of your why, like think of one thing you really want. And mm -hmm. I remember telling somebody that was there, I said, I, I really want to, um, to bring in 400,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, well, why? Why do you want to do that? And I said, I want to put built-in bookshelves in my house. And she was like, what built-in bookshelves cost $400,000? And I was like, oh, well, I mean, obviously they don't. But I just want a lot of money so I can like make this purchase and it just like not affect me. And then like when I broke it down, mind you right now I'm speaking to you and like sitting 
right by my built-in bookshelves. Like it, it costs, <laughs> it costs four thousand dollars. Why do I need right. like four hundred thousand dollars to pay for something that costs four thousand? It just didn't make sense. So I feel right. like that's kind of what you're saying. Like my vision and my goals were not aligning, and I was just like thinking up an arbitrary number for no good reason. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Because now you're going to be on this path to be like, oh, my God, I have to earn four hundred thousand dollars before I can get my bookshelves. And that's not really true. <laughs> right. Not not true at all. And so by getting clear on what's the outcome first, like, for example, so in my vision statement, one of my favorite lines says I have complete freedom over how I use my time. That's in my vision, in my perfect world. I have complete freedom over how I use my time. And so I took I like that, that sentence, right? It's good. I took that sentence and then I, I reverse engineered it when we start talking about setting goals. And from there, I started to look at my schedule and look at my day and look at the things that I was saying yes to. And then from there, I could identify the things that were like, well, that doesn't give me complete freedom and this does and this does. So from there, I was able to set a specific and measurable goal to say, I'm going to eliminate these things from my business. I'm going to put time and energy into these things because now that leads me to my vision, which is I have complete freedom over how I use my time. I like it. Okay. So I think we're clear on one. We need to get a clear vision before we set a goal. Many people do not do that. So we need to fix that. Let's move on to number two. Absolutely. So you already mentioned this. You lose your forward momentum, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, you wake up all motivated. I'm going to exercise every day. And then you wake up and it's snowing outside. And it's like, oh, I'm not going out there. <laughs> oh my gosh, or, story of my right? life. I mean, minus the snow, I'll make every other excuse. Yes, exactly. And this happens all the time that we lose that forward momentum and it's like gone. And so how do we get it back? So one of the tools that I use is something called a momentum grid. And on the momentum grid, it kind of is, it's literally lowering the bar so low that you can't fail. And you just start doing, you might laugh. It's kind of funny when you think about I it, like but it's it. actually... It's I mean, really it makes fun. like, it sounds silly, but now that like I'm thinking of it and you're saying it, it makes perfect sense. It does because what happens is we've lost our momentum and then what do we do? We beat ourselves up and then we put pressure on ourselves because, oh, we're not making the progress we want. And then we're so like overwhelmed. We're just like, forget it. I'm not doing anything. Right. And we just get stuck. And this happens for some people, days, weeks, months, years. So to get that forward momentum back, you've got to release the pressure. And so if you remove all pressure from yourself and literally make it so easy, you can't fail and then start doing little things like that each day. So like even on, um, I like to use dieting. It's a great example, like on dieting, like I'm going to lose 20 pounds in 30 days. Yeah, right. Okay. So like you're, you've, you've gotten sidetracked on your diet. So I I've used momentum grids many times. And so my momentum grid will be like today I drank an extra glass of water, right? I've got the resources to do it. It's pretty hard for me to fail on that. I drink it and I check it off and I literally make a grid and you can do this on a notepad pretty easily. You just list the things that you did on the left-hand side and you just check, right? For those of us who like to check things off a list, it's even better. You're like, check, I drank a glass of water. Um, sometimes I'm like, I only ate one ice cream cone today. Check. Okay. There's giving myself some credit on that one. Um, I moved my body for five minutes. Check. 
right? And it's just like little things. But then I'm like, oh, okay, I feel good. I feel I feel better. Um, and then when you start to move your body for five minutes, before you know it, you've moved it for 10. And the idea is, is that at any point, you start to feel that pressure again, and you start to lose the forward momentum, you back off. And you just do this day after day after day, little things, little things, little things. And before you know it, you're going to have your momentum back. I like it. Okay, so I like it a lot because right? <laughs> I have those moments where I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing anything. And like people say, oh, just take some time off and go on a vacation. I like, and people, I feel like everybody says, oh, I took a vacation. I came back and I was ready to work. It almost has the opposite effect on me. I'm like, what? I yeah. want to work now. Right. I freaking love that. Okay. Yep. Moving on there you to go. numero tres. Numero tres. So excuses excuses are going to pop up for any of us trying to achieve goals. We're going to make excuses. And three of my favorites are, it's not perfect, right? The perfectionist excuse. Um, if it can't be perfect, then I'm just not going to do it. If I don't have three full hours to devote to it, then I'm not going to do it. Right. And so we're creating this excuse. And because we're making the excuse, it has to be perfect. We end up not doing it at all. Or my favorite, second favorite excuse is we're trying to avoid blame or failure like oh if I, I don't want to I don't want people to blame me I don't want to fail and then people are going to think bad at me so we make this excuse and then we end up not 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 going forward at all um, number three is people are doubting you so you start to doubt yourself well I'm not really sure I want to do that when that's total crap you totally want to do it but because people in your life are doubting you you start doubting you. So these are just some excuses. Um, I know I think I've made all of them. <laughs> I think if you're human, you've probably made all of them. But because you're making these excuses, you're literally blocking your forward progress on your goals. And here's the thing about excuses. What's happening is they tend to bring up these uncomfortable feelings. And we don't want to deal with those uncomfortable feelings. I mean, think about it when you're like, other people are doubting you, that's an uncomfortable feeling. Or you're afraid to fail, the fear, it's an uncomfortable feeling. And so we don't want to deal with those feelings. And so we just avoid them. So what do you do, right? What do you do when you start to one, be aware of the excuses that you're making? So that's the very first thing. So I like to be aware, first of all, but second of all, is just like acknowledge the feeling, you know, I'm feeling a little bit fearful around this, you know, these other people maybe are making me doubt myself. But when you acknowledge it, then you can do something about it. If you're just burying it, you're you're not going to be able to do anything with that. It's just going to stay buried. Plus, it's also super key to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with the right people, the kind of people who will be like excuse blasters, and will call your BS and say, you're making excuses, now go and do something. I love it. Because people make excuses that are not like real life. They're just like, they're just exactly that. They're an excuse. Yes. Yes. I exactly. Like okay. So it's not about like expecting yourself to never make an excuse again, because that's not going to happen. But it's about being aware, wait a second, like I'm making an excuse here. Okay, so I'm aware of it. Um, if I have some feelings, okay, let me deal with those feelings. But then going to your go to person, whoever that is, if it's an accountability partner, a coach, a mentor, um, it could be a best friend, it could be a partner, somebody who is willing to call you out on your BS and say, hey, you're making excuses and help get you back on track. 
that's going to be super, super important when you find yourself making a lot of excuses and it's really kind of killing your progress on your goals. Yeah. And something that I really like too, like you talk about feelings and as it relates to excuses, there is a big difference between feelings and facts. Mm -hmm. A big difference. And when you like get clear on what is a fact and what is just a feeling, like that also can alter your behavior and help you achieve your goals or help you from achieving your goals because you're focusing more on negative feelings instead of facts. Right. Exactly. Okay. Moving along. What is the fourth thing that we do to stop us from achieving our goals? Number four is self-talk. You know, it's that trash talk that goes through our heads and it just basically like kills us before we even get out of the starting gate. And it's it's a it's human nature. We're going to have these kinds of thoughts like we tend to go into things and sort of like look for everything that can go wrong. Right. Um, but when we talk about progress on our goals, that self-talk is can be like a total goal killer. And so one of the most effective ways that I've found to kind of, you can't stop necessarily the self-talk, but you can absolutely replace it with something else. But here's the thing. If you're not prepared to replace it with something else, when it pops up, it's just going to pop up and you're going to be like, ah, I I can't do anything with this. But so you've got to prepare. This is the trick. You got to prepare ahead of time. When you know the crap that you tell yourself, you've got to flip it. You've got to flip it into something better and be prepared with it. Write it down, put it on a sticky note, have it in front of you so that you know when you get stuck, wherever you're going to get stuck, and you start telling yourself that same crappy story, you can replace it. This is also where an affirmation can work really, really well, because one of the biggest excuses is telling ourselves, well, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. And that's crap. You have the time. The difference is that you're choosing not to make the time. And so if you want to choose to make the time on your goals, every time you start to hear yourself saying, oh, well, I just don't have time with for that, or I'm just too busy, replace that with an affirmation to start that progress, you know, process of reprogramming it. This is actually something I did for myself. Um, I started doing this maybe a year and a half, two years ago, and it's just made a huge difference in my life is that every time I caught myself saying, I just don't have enough time or there's not enough hours in the day or I'm just so busy, I would flip it to that line in my vision statement. I have complete freedom in how I spend my time. And as soon as I flipped it, it was like things started to open and things started to shift. And so an affirmation can be super powerful when whatever your self-talk is that you need to replace. I love that. And I remember reading Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And in that book, they have, I think it's like the 12 affirmations. And it really is like there could be an affirmation for almost every negative self-talk. Or if we go back to, you know, what you said, number three, every excuse to flip it and just totally change your mindset. So I love that. That's a good one. It is a good one, right? And in my planner at the top, I have a space for setting a a daily intention. I will often use that space for whatever affirmation I need for whatever I'm struggling with. Like today, my day was just really booked, really booked more than normal. And so the affirmation I pulled out and wrote down was I will go with the flow. My life is easy and filled with joy. So that was my intention for today. And you know what? It's crazy. Some things have shifted. Something moved. My day like opened up. I'm like, wonderful. This is a beautiful day. It's been fantastic. And all I literally did was set my intention in the morning, wrote it in my planner, used an affirmation, and things started to shift. Oh, that's terrific. I love that. Okay, last 
but not least, the fifth reason we are not hitting our goals. Overwhelm, 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 right? Like everybody has either is either dealing with overwhelm right now or has had to deal with overwhelm, right? It's like a huge problem for entrepreneurs. So how do you deal with overwhelm? I use my brain dump, which that's nothing new, right? Everybody knows, okay, get it out of your head, get it onto paper um, so that you can start thinking clearly, which is absolutely true. But then what happens is you end up with a sheet of paper with a million things written down and you're still kind of stuck or you have a million things written down. And so you just start, start knocking out easy stuff like, oh, I can knock that off so I can cross it off the list. The problem is is that often the easy stuff isn't the priority stuff and it's not the things that are going to move your goals forward. So what you want to do on your brain dump is once you brain dump it, you've got to organize and prioritize it. That's the key. And when you prioritize your brain dump, the, the system that I like, it's super easy. I call it ABCs of productivity. So A is a task that is like maybe going to cause a little fear. Um, it's that you know pitch you need to make. It's that call you need to make that you're totally procrastinating, but it will move the needle on your goals. That's an A. Bs are things that are important. You're, you're going to do them anyway, right? No matter what, the client meeting, the vendor meeting, um, those are Bs. They're all very important. Finish this project, but you will do them no matter what. Cs are things that you can totally procrastinate till later. D is delegate because we can't do it all ourselves. And E is eliminate. We have to say no to some things. So that's the key. When you brain dump, then you've got to go through and run your ABCDEs and now you have a list and you know exactly what you need to be doing next. And it will literally get rid of overwhelm like right away, right away. Bye bye. And the more you do this, you'll never have to deal with overwhelm again. And I think the planner, like out of all of these reasons, we're not hitting our goals. Like, I mean, obviously all of them are super helpful and the planner helps you um, like knock these out of the way. But I think overwhelm is the biggest. Like when things are organized and prioritized, they are in your planner, they are in your calendar, and you know they're going to get done. Exactly. I, I have this brain dump sheet in the planner. But here's the thing. I've had people be like, oh, I need more lines on my daily page. I'm like, no, you don't get more lines. And that's the idea is that you shouldn't be putting, you know, so much stuff on your day. You should be putting the right stuff on your day. And even on my daily planning page, like I've organized the to do list by ABCD because <laughs> so, I'm just like, otherwise I find myself making a massive to-do list. And it's like, wait, no, no, that's not being strategic and intentional with my time. I've got to make sure I'm knocking out an A or two every day, my important stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting off the C's instead of just, you know, wanting to cross things off a list. Tell us more about what's in the planner and what the planner looks like, because you've already mentioned a couple of functions and a couple of things that like we can visualize that's in it if we're not able to visit right now, best planner ever, if we're working out or we're driving. So tell us a little bit more about like what it actually looks like and how this is different from other planners. I can tell you one way it's different. A woman who's made millions in business um, and has every <laughs> business she touches quadruples their income. She's the one who created it. So I'd say it's a pretty good planner. But tell us a little bit more about how this planner will help make us millions, Jennifer. Ah, oh, there you go. Absolutely. So, you know, the planner is functional. It's not going to win. I think it's pretty, but it's not like pretty, pretty. You no, know, some pretty. of those planners that are 
that are out there, you know, it doesn't have colored pages. And I found it's silly, but I found that those planners that have colored pages, they were so pretty, I didn't want to write on them. And I'm like, nope, this is going to be black and white. I mean, because I wanted nothing holding me back from getting in there and getting messy on the page. So it's also a daily planner. So you get a full page to plan every day. And on your page, you've got a space to set your daily intention. So things that you're struggling with, like maybe you need that affirmation, maybe you need the reminder that my intention for today is to feel abundant or at peace or joy or whatever that is. You've got space, of course, for your scheduled appointments. Then you've got your prioritized to-do list. That's the ABCD. You've got little reminders in there for errands and me time, your gratitude, wins for the day. Again, these are all mindset things. I'm a coach, right? And when you get into the right mindset, it's going to make all the difference in the world. So everything I've put into this planner is all about shifting your mindset into the right place. And And then, of course... Sorry, there's a, a meal, a meal and exercise tracker in there, too, so that we can keep track of our self-care along with everything else that's important in our day. Okay, I like that because I find that most planners, they don't include everything you need for the day. Um, and it's all relative, like the gratitudes and wins. I used to think like, oh, I'm not going to do that. That's a waste of time. But then the more business books I read, the more it's like, no, 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 scientifically, it's proven that when you focus on gratitude and wins, you're more successful, you're more motivated. So you won't have, you know, that number two that we talked about where you lose your forward momentum. That's no longer something that's holding you back. And then when you talk about like the diet and maybe keeping track of how much you drink water every day, like that all helps and it's all relative. So I love this. And I know what you mean when you say you don't want it too pretty because you're afraid to write in it. I feel that way whenever I see a really pretty cake. I'm like, yeah. we can't eat that. We can't cut into that cake. Look at how much time that person spent making right. it look pretty. But it still is pretty. I'm going to tell you. It still is very pretty. Like you have the most beautiful pictures of it on bestplannerever.com. Oh, thank you. And you know, the other thing is that it it's a dated planner. So it's not undated. I don't know if you've ever had undated planners. And I know that when I've used them, I want to save the pages. I'm like, Oh, if I don't write in it today, then that's another day, right? And I found myself I'm like, Nope, that's not going to work. And so I dated this planner intentionally, because I'm like, the date is written on the page. Today's my only day to use it, get in there and use it. Um, so, but thank you. I, I, I've always said it's not going to win beauty contests, but it will, it's a functioning machine. That's what it's about. It's about getting stuff done so that you can get into your life, uh, all your life. Um, I'm never about just growing the business and losing your life. I did that in my first two companies. Um, I'm not doing it this, this time around. I'm really, really honed in on, yes, you can still have an amazing business, but you still need a life. You still need to take care of yourself. And that's what the whole business is. The business is part of the whole, which is your life. I love it. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And I also love that it's something that I can like hold and write in. Um, Again, you have to like write down your goals and things that you're going to do because you're more likely to achieve your goals and do those things. I'm all about a digital calendar, but I also like having something that I can like physically touch and see and write in. So loving the best planner ever. You can get that at bestplannerever.com. Jennifer, where can people find out more about you? Well, they can absolutely find me at bestplannerever.com or they can visit my coaching site, which is Jennifer Dawn, D-A-W-N, jenniferdawncoaching.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. It was my pleasure to be here. 
Thank you so much, Jennifer. And don't forget, I am giving away five copies of Pat Flynn's best-selling book, Super Fans. If you want to get in on the giveaway and you are listening to this podcast episode in real time, which would be Tuesday, August 20th, then make sure you head to mediamavenandmore.com slash giveaway to get in on the giveaway and for the show notes and for more on Jennifer and to get the best planner ever or to touch base with Jennifer if you are looking for a business coach. I have all of her information in the show notes for this episode that you can access at becomeamediamaven.com. And like I said at the top of the show, next week, I am celebrating my one-year anniversary on the podcast. It is episode number 52. There are 52 weeks in a year. I am not good at math, but I'm pretty sure that means it's my one-year episode. Um, And I will be speaking to Brian Cohen, who ironically is somebody that I met in Pat Flynn's high-level mastermind, the SPI Accelerator. And Brian Cohen, I didn't know people did this for a living, but it's pretty cool. Brian Cohen's job is to help you, and he does this himself as well, it's a service, and then he also teaches you how to do it yourself, write book descriptions for your book. So if you're an author or you're thinking of becoming an author, the book description is actually a pretty big deal. And it determines whether somebody buys your book to read it. So he's going to talk to us about writing book descriptions and not just that, but how he has actually started his business and grown it. So even if you're not an author, you are going to get a lot from this episode with Brian Cohen next week. 